Hey everybody, welcome to Predetermined. I'm your host, Garrett Callender. I'm your other host, Derek Halpin. Hey, we have a shitload of stuff to get into this week because apparently you almost died and there was a lot of wrestling <laughs> and and cat stuff. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty accurate. Um, plus, I went to a wrestling show since, I guess, I'm the, uh, between the two of us, I'm the one that's gone to a wrestling show more recently, correct? Well, you don't got to rub it in, but yeah. I'm just letting you know that I've got the, the fresh details for this episode, and you're just watching shit on telly. Yeah, that's true. I, I saw your show. <laughs> I looked for your face, couldn't find you, but you did see live wrestling. I did not. I'm a little jealous, but I watched a bunch on TV. And that's second best. Yeah, that's that's pretty good, Garrett. Plus, we have <laughs> stuff from last week that we forgot to tell people. So there's a lot of stuff we have to get into this week. Hey, how have the downloads been? How How's our listenership been? Good. Great. Never better. Yeah? I don't know if that sounded genuine, but it was. I'm, it didn't I'm, at all. So. <laughs> I like that this is where you want to you want to get into this. But yeah, no, no, things have been good. We've uh been been holding steady with our new listeners. We've been getting a lot of feedback from people lately, uh people interacting. Did a lot of when I was at the uh, freelance show the other day, I I posted some stuff to our uh our Twitter on our social media and got some uh hits with that. So just curious to see what the feedback has been and uh how the downloads have been going. Going well. They'll be even better after this one, and we post it, and people love it. We're putting up a lot of content these days, Garrett. Some would say too much. Some, but I don't know if that's either of us. Yeah, no, that's not either of us. I enjoy doing this. Yeah. I want to know who's fucking saying it. Derek, I I had a hell of a plane ride back from Chicago last week. So this feels like forever ago, but we were in the middle of watching Monday Night Raw last week. And that was when you left. You caught a uh, you caught a ride to Midway Airport, and I said goodbye, and uh, had some fun on our Twitter account while you were en route and getting to the airport. And next thing I know, uh, after I go to bed, I wake up the next morning and find out that Nashville got ravaged by tornadoes. Yeah, remember how I mentioned that the plane ride there was had some of the scariest turbulence I'd ever experienced. Yeah. This flight said hold my beer. This You shouldn't have said anything. I should I jinxed that super hard cuz the <laughs> the pilot when we get onto the flight just goes just so everybody knows this entire flight is going to be turbulence. We are not serving drinks. I got a whole row to myself so I was pretty excited about that. That doesn't make any sense to me. If there's going to be turbulence, don't you need to calm everyone down with an adult beverage? Uh I think they would have broken the necks of all the flight attendants. Oh. This thing, well, Derek, was up, down, side to side the entire time, and I've never thought I was going to die on an airplane before, but I thought this could, if there were ever a time, it was going to be this one while I was in a row to myself watching the uh, movie Last Christmas on a phone. That's what, that's what you chose to watch on the way home? You know, the second the turbulence started, I needed something mindless that, <laughs> that wasn't going to frighten me in any way. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So tell the whole story from your perspective and kind of what happened. For those who don't know, I'm sure since it was newsworthy, pretty significant news, uh, people have heard a little bit about it. But from your perspective, what happened in Nashville the night you left here? Uh, well, I knew it was going to be storming, but I got home and then, you know, like 
an hour later, my phone started beeping to get in the basement. I don't have cable, so I was just checking Twitter and everything I was looking at. I was like, there is a tornado on the ground in downtown Nashville right now. So I I hadn't even seen Leah yet when I got home. She was already in bed. So her seeing me for the first time is me shaking her awake and being like, we have to twist her downstairs. The dog gets daddy. Daddy's going to get sucked out the window and I'm daddy. Is that what you said? No, but that's what I was thinking. How scared were you? Do you handle storms well? I feel like this is not a thing I've ever talked to you about. Um, I mean, we dealt with quite a few storms as kids, right? Yeah, but I don't know if I ever dealt with one while you were like beside me. This is the first time I'd had to deal with one while I'm in my own home and um, an adult. And I would say I handled it moderate. <laughs> it was moderately well. Were you alarmed? I was alarmed because I was just trying to find a radar and just kept hearing that Basement East was gone, which, true, home of Southern Underground Pro. Last thing I saw there was Sky Sweetenham, destroyed, completely wiped out. So that was, like, you were already getting reports of damage before it was, like, imminent to you. Yeah, it never reached my neighborhood. Okay. Like, so we just had... How close are you to downtown Nashville? Probably, like, 15 minutes. West or east or whatever. I'm south. Okay. And it mostly hit One north and two east. Options. Okay. I didn't know if it was relatively close to you at all. or I didn't know how much danger you were in, Garrett. I wanted to find out in if the moment, you almost died. Yeah, in the moment, I didn't either. Um, I just kept seeing, too, though, that there was supposed to be, like, baseball-sized hail. And as much as you like baseball, hail form sucks. Um, I didn't see any of that either. We got incredibly lucky. But yeah, thanks to everybody who checked in on me to make sure I was all right. I'm, we are totally fine. But yeah, east and north got hit very, very hard, and there was a lot of damage. I woke up to you assuring me the next day that you were okay. And I was like, well, why wouldn't you be? And then I saw the news and saw how much damage was done downtown and all the crazy videos of people being either in uh, tall buildings downtown when the tornado was there or people in cranes that erect tall buildings downtown and uh that's scary did you know there's a crane shortage in the united states because of nashville i didn't we have so many of you guys doing we're hoarding cranes so that you fuckers can't have them well we've got some here i see them on the way to work yeah you got a few but you'd be jealous of the number of cranes we have and oh boy. Do you want to borrow one? Fuck off. No, I don't want a fucking crane. <laughs> You're not getting it. I'm, what about a Marcus crane? Well, I hope that you, we get him again. Yeah. Maybe you should stop hoarding that shit. We've got him down here, too. Yeah, I bet. What about a Fraser crane? Fuck yes. God, you know all the best cranes. <laughs> See, now Marcus crane and Fraser crane is the dinner party that I've always wanted. That's going to get interrupted by the Punisher in the worst way. Niles is going to be mortified on what happens to Marcus Crane at this <laughs> dinner party. Marty's going to think a, it's cool. For those who have watched Punisher Warzone, you understand this reference. If you haven't, I'm so sorry. Um, so what do you wait? So get, I guess dive into the, the news about uh, Basement East like a little bit more. What, what's the story there? Oh, it's I mean, when I say it's gone, I mean, that building got gutted. 
it is basically for the the nashville logo and everything right yeah so if you've seen any pictures of destroyed nashville after the tornado that is very likely the one you saw because it has the i believe in nashville mural on the side and that remains standing but that's about all that's left uh the middle of it is gone there was supposed to be a sup show there this sunday but uh exit in has actually taken in southern underground pro so we're gonna have a venue change, and I'm excited to see how uh, how wrestling looks in a new venue. Are they planning to rebuild Basement East as it was? As far as I know, I've heard that they fully plan on rebuilding. I mean, I have absolutely no idea how long that'll take, because, uh, like I said, they're basically gonna have to start over with it. Right. But uh, a lot of damage sustained in Nashville. I was expecting you to paint a bigger picture of that rather than just you <laughs> talk about how scared you were waking up your wife. Oh, I thought, well, I mean, that's the, really all I had. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't in the middle of it. I went into the basement with my cats. Did you go on a drive? Did you go see uh, like damage or anything? Uh, no, I've tried to avoid that area just to stay out of the way. That's smart, Garrett. Donated, well done. Donated some money. Did you? I did. And tonight I'm actually going to a benefit concert where all the proceeds go to uh, to Red Cross and different organizations to help with the, the storm. That's sweet. I'm glad you're okay, buddy. Thank you. I'll tell you the one place that I'm, I'm happy very much did not get destroyed, and that was the Belcourt Theater that had the midnight show of cats on that Saturday night. I was going to say, do you want to go ahead and get this shit out of the way since this is uh, apparently a thing now? Yeah, well, we had to get to it. We've been hyping it up, and I got those... We? I, yeah, you're excited to hear about it, too. Am I? You get to tell me that? <laughs> <laughs> you're excited about it. Say you are. I am so ex- I was so excited, Derek. I went... I poured some booze down my throat, and I went to go see Cats at Midnight. Walk in. They're painting kitty whiskers. They asked me what my favorite movie of last year was. I said, Hobbs and Shaw. And they did a terrible job painting kitty whiskers on my face. Like that was the point? I think that was the point. She seemed delighted. You, that that to do was it. your punishment? I told her if it made it better, she could also use the lighthouse for inspiration. So explain to me how you, your painted face had anything to do with Hobbs and Shaw and or the lighthouse. Uh, it didn't the lighthouse, but I think she just went with the color scheme of the Hobbs and Shaw poster. There was a lot of yellows and oranges. Hmm. All right. So what was this like? How does this compare to a a deathmatch wrestling show? It wasn't quite as dangerous, but it was equally as painful. (laughs) Who did you go with? Um, I went with uh, our buddy Jeff, who is a listener of the show, and also uh, Kevin Allen, who's a listener of the show. Yeah. Kevin was very into screaming at the screen. At one point, while Ian McKellen was on screen, Kevin yelled off the stage, Biden. Wow. That that popped the crowd pretty good. Wow. All I can say is, Cat's Midnight Show comes to your neighborhood. You better go to one because it is absolutely worth your time. And the only way to watch that movie is if you're allowed to interact with it. Is it really going to get the kind of momentum that the room has? 
I think it could get that Rocky Horror Picture Show momentum. The movie's just oh, so, Lord. it's just too sexy. It's too sexy. I think you really like it. I promise you I don't. Mm-hmm. That movie is trash. And that's why you're getting your face painted and going to midnight showings? Absolutely. All right. Let's get into some wrestling. You saw some wrestling this weekend. You saw some wrestling this weekend, too. I just happened to see it live, bitch. Ah, that's not nice. Ah. No, I had a good time. Uh, we were talking about this show. We previewed this show in our last episode. I ended up going. And I'm glad that I bought tickets when I did. I think I um, I was asking one of my coworkers, uh, my friend Mario, if he wanted to join me. And my roommate, Chris, who uh, was a subject of our last couple episodes that we recorded, uh, he ended up joining me, but uh, I could see that the show was doing well because they kept posting online that they were getting close to selling out. So I went ahead and I bought a couple of general admission tickets and literally like, I think a day and a half later, they sold out. But they the last show that we went to, your first freelance show, that one sold out as well, but that sold out on a different level. That one sold out, but they still had tickets at the door if you wanted to come in. This show... This show sold out, so they weren't offering anything. It was packed. Super no vacancy, as they say. Super fucking no vacancy. And I have been to Logan Square Auditorium a handful of times, as we've said before. Great fucking venue. Great place to watch some wrestling. Um, I got there early enough, maybe uh, 15 minutes before doors opened, and... What we had found out the last time we were there is that if you buy a general admission ticket, you can actually sit in like the last couple rows of seats. And I have never sat in a chair at either AAW or Freelance when they've been at Logan Square. So I was kind of anxious to do that. And so got there early, uh, got a seat in the last row, got a good view of both the ring and then on the other side of the ring, the stage. So you were sitting like, so they were playing to you the whole show. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was, it was a good view. And I know that we, you know, we started, we started pounding some PBRs and I had, you know, made it a point this time. I was like, you know what? I've been to a bunch of shows here. I'm going to go buy a shirt from one of, from one of the boys or, or girls performing tonight. I'm going to go give them my money since they traveled here to entertain me. And I didn't quite know who. I had a bunch of people in mind. There were a lot of people on this card that I was interested in doing that for. But I can tell you that uh, sitting down and talking with my friend Mario, we're talking for a while, then my roommate Chris shows up and he joins us. And we're sitting there and we watch the the pre-show match. And um, at some point, I decide to turn around. And when I turn around and I start looking to my left and right, I realize that, like, beyond the back row of chairs, there are now, like, several rows deep of people just standing behind us. Like, it's standing room only all around us, and it's deep. And I got a little excited. I was like, well, holy shit, I guess they weren't kidding. This really is another sellout. Um, and people were buzzing, and I was excited. Plus, I'd had a couple beers in me. <laughs> But, so uh, you you just stuck with PBR? You didn't have any seltzer waters? I mean, like I said, it was it was definitely packed in there, so we were only making runs to the bar when we could. But uh, man, Garrett, I'll tell you, they got a good thing going there at Freelance Wrestling because they're having multiple sellouts in a row. This next show that they're going to be doing, I think it's April 10th, 
next month. That's going to be a wild one. I'm I would be surprised if that one didn't sell out. They were uh, supposed to make an announcement today. I didn't see what it was, but uh, I could probably pull that up real quick if you want me to. Well, I just want to know who do you love. You know who the fuck I love. It's Danhausen. I saw that he had he opened the show. He did open the show. He opened the show against Isaiah Velasquez. And uh man, I think that was kind of like I, here's the thing. About 6 months ago, you had mentioned and I think Jeffy had mentioned that we need to check out Danhausen. Definitely did that and I've been following him on social media ever since. And between his interactions with J.P. Warhorse and uh, Alley Cat, I've become a big Danhausen fan. But I don't think I had seen him in person up to this point. So uh, Danhausen and Isaiah Velasquez opened the show. And, of course, we got fucking Pee-wee's Big Adventure spot, which I was happy about. And, uh, yeah. Um, I can want- you just... Oh, go ahead. Do you, what's the background on all of this? Because he is he is an amalgamation of many weird different things, like the teeth thing. Like that's fantastic. Like he has a spot where he dumps teeth into your fucking mouth, and then he kicks you in the face, and the teeth go flying. See, I don't. If you go back and listen to us talk about old Southern Underground Pro shows, you can hear me see Danhausen for the first time. And, and what is this, essentially your reaction? It was not great initially. He has evolved so much since I first saw him. The first time I saw him, I thought like his makeup wasn't quite the same. It was a little more Finn Balor, if I remember. And he kind of crawled out of the curtain inside of a plastic bag, like in Nightmare at Elm Street. You know, when the girl's getting drugged down the hallway. Right. That's what he was going for. But it didn't look quite as cool. Wow. So he has definitely evolved. It was, it's been awesome since, you know, starting there and seeing him get to where he is now. Well, he's developed a, a, a I don't even know if cult following is the way. It's just a following. Um, he's found his niche and he's do. it seems like he's doing really well for himself along with guys like JP Warhorse. Um, but, uh, once again, I I like that you have labeled them the Indie Avengers. They are the fucking Indie Avengers. Absolutely. There's a bunch of people in the Indie Avengers now that I stop and think about it. But uh Yes, we got Dan Housen versus Isaiah Velas Isaiah Velasquez. Um fun little freaking match to open the show. Unfortunately, Velasquez was a son of a bitch and had some outside interference to help him win the match, which I was not happy about. However, when there was an intermission, I made sure to go get a shirt from Danhausen, pay him 20 bucks for the shirt, and, of course, get my picture. And we had to take a couple of them because the first one didn't go well. But I was really excited. And I got to tell him that uh, I kind of <laughs> officially sold on him after the uh, spicy water video <laughs> that he did with uh, Alley Cat. And that was kind of like the point where I was like, yep, I'm in. You're, you're, you're getting my money, and I'm getting a shirt. That's what's happening. Um. Also on this show, we had a big tag team gauntlet match that saw the Space Pirates lose their tag titles in freelance wrestling to the Take It Home Wreckers. Uh, but there were also appearances by the uh, the Yardy Boys, uh, the Four Star Heroes, and uh, Philly. What is this? Philly and Mer- Philly Marino, Marino experience? experience. Yeah. 
the guys I think, the one I, those they, were the guys with the crazy had, hair right absolutely but i think the philly and marino experience if i think it's who i think it is they had like a sweet theme um because they were basically just 80s themed like they had uh i think popular 80s songs on their tights <laughs> just a jukebox down the legs uh, it was fantastic um, but the tag, the tag match was pretty good. Um, I was surprised to see the, the space pirates lost their titles and the take it home. The take it home records are now the fucking tag champs in freelance wrestling. Um, I got to mention this cause it's important and it's going to lead to a bigger discussion here. They had a big, uh, scramble match for the number one contendership for at the, uh, legacy championship in freelance wrestling, Eric Cannon, Kenny Sutra, Gary J. GPA, Darren Corbin, and of course, our new favorite, Dan the Dad. You gave Dan some pretty high praise to me after you saw this match. We've given Dan the Dad high praise in the past. In fact, he's pointed it out, and I think he was very humbled when one of us called him a sexy UPS man. That's kind of the look he he has. Um, I had to tell him after the show, I walked up to him, and I was like, dude, you are over as fuck. And I texted you, and I said, um, I think he's the next uh, Orange Cassidy of the Indies. I think, his, uh, I think his act, his gimmick, is the next big comedy act on the indie scene. That makes me very, very happy for him. And I really hope that... I think you even said, Freelance, when are we getting Orange Cassidy versus Dan the Dad? That's the thing I'm going to be pushing now. Because I, I can tell you there were multiple spots in this match where the other guys were fighting, but Eric Cannon with his can of PBR and Dan the Dad with his cup of coffee just stopped during the match to watch everybody else fight and hung out and had like some water cooler conversation and then would occasionally cheers each other and watch everyone else wrestle. And then they would occasionally get in on the action while still holding their beverages. And I, that spot got such a big reaction. It played well on the on my laptop as well. Did it? Oh yeah, I I was very jealous. That one looked like uh, that one looked like a lot of fun, and also I was very excited to see Gary J in the match. I've seen that guy at SUP a bunch, and the the stiff Robo Ginger he has some pretty hard chops. Yes, um, this was just a fun match, and of course GPA being the son of a bitch got the pin on the most over guy in the match uh, probably than Dan the Dad. And that made everybody upset. Although Dan the Dad did break out the fucking belt and whip Darren Corbin across the ass. And I got video footage of this. If you would like to see it, head to our fucking Twitter account because it is fantastic. And Darren Corbin absolutely deserved to have his butt smacked with that belt. Um, question for you. Did the camera angle for you, because you said you went and watched the show. Where was the hard cam? It looked like it was behind you. That was my guess, because that's typically where it is. But you were asking me if you had the ability to see me, and I didn't. I didn't think you did. So you I'm sure seen it, the back of my head at best. Yeah, I'm sure at some point when the camera was moving around, because like they had to move the camera around for like the Danhausen Pee Weeb's big adventure spot and everything. So, so big. One of the big surprises of the night here, uh, they had a scheduled a triple threat match um, for the IWTV championship between Kobe Durst, Alex Zane and JP Warhorse. Garrett, 
you were the one who's been in recent weeks pushing that Alex Zane may be your new favorite wrestler on the Indies. Is this is this the case? This is true. I love the Taco Bell stuff. I like the flips. It's like if you combined uh, combined Will Ospreay with Taco Bell. <laughs> well, I can tell you that my my coworker Mario was a big fan of Alex Zane, and and so was I. Um, the surprise came after these three guys came out. Uh, there was a, another entrant into this match, making it a fatal four-way, and that was Boom Boom Colt Cabana, who just a f- couple nights previous had been on AEW Dynamite on TNT live in front of millions of viewers. Did the crowd lose their mind after that debut? Yes. The crowd was pretty like, holy shit, I can't believe this is happening, because he's worked freelance before, but I've never seen him at a freelance before. I've seen him at AAW a couple of times. But uh, I lost my mind thinking that this was not a thing that was possible, and he cut a promo saying that he was going to continue to work the indies even while he's in AEW, so that's part of his deal. It's a sweet contract he, got, he has worked out. So Did you, did you happen to watch um, Being the Elite today? I did. You saw him get into it with Kenny? I saw him go off on Kenny because Kenny's trying to keep him off uh, Being the Elite, and that's bullshit. <laughs> Well, He's going to make it a point to be in every episode. Well, wasn't last week his appearance was he just popped out of that room for two seconds and it's like, oh. I think that's going to be the new shtick is that he just pretends to accidentally come in on, on a scene in every episode, which is fucking hilarious. You saw the big end to the uh, being the elite, though, right? Yes. I know that this is like skipping ahead a little bit, but looks like Hangman Page is out of the elite. He quit. So what does this mean for this blood and guts match? I mean, I don't you see you're making it seem way more final than it actually was. And it wasn't that big of a story. Um, we'll get to that, Garrett. Quit jumping ahead. Shame on you. Oh, you don't like being shamed? You pouting over there? I Yes, I'm pouting. What do you want? No. Like I, You survived a fucking tornado. Be tough. Be strong. I'm trying not to jump ahead, man. What do you got? I got Effie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> I got to also see uh, Effie defend the uh, Legacy Championship against Mark Wheeler. Mark Wheeler, I, I keep using these words, another son of a bitch. And uh, he jumped Effie from behind and started the match by stomping on Effie's jacket, which is a big mistake because that jacket is just fabulous. It upsets me when the referee doesn't take Effie's jacket off at the spot that he's supposed to. Well, he wasn't in on what his job was. It seems like the referees only know about half the time that they're supposed to do it. Yeah. Well, the thing is that this match was fine, and it made me extreme. I mean, the crowd was fucking into it, but it made me happy that, that Effie kept his title. Um, the crowd was so into him. Like, Effie is just so ridiculously popular. His entrance puts a smile. Here's the thing. I'll watch him make his entrance, and then I'll have Yellow Brick Road stuck in my head for weeks. I can't get it out of there. I'm ready for Effie to get signed. It's only a matter of time. I There's just so many people that I would like to see up against him. And also, now that Janela's back in GCW, I hope we get Janela versus Effie. I don't know if that's a matchup we've seen yet. That's totally a possibility. Um, do you think Effie could wind up in AEW? 
I think if he were to show up in one of the two, it would be AEW. Yeah. Well, let's hope. Let's hope he gets that big money offer. Um, I would feel weird if I didn't mention this at least a little bit. Uh, Lanny Luck and Acid Jazz versus Jesus Bryce and Elena Black. This was another really good match. Uh, I think this was like the second one of the night. Um, good tag team match. This one, this one, this one played well. I don't know how it played on TV, but the uh, Logan Square Auditorium was pretty hot for this one. And I got to mention something. Um, Lanny Luck is fantastic, and obviously the history with Acid Jazz and Jesus Bryce being, you know, former, uh, you know, formerly a tag team together, that played into the story really well. Did you know that Elena Black? is 19 what elena black is ridiculously fucking talented she understands so much about professional wrestling already and she's 19 years old digest that for a moment yeah that's one of those where like you hit a point where you're like i am i wasted my life i wasted everything i could (laughs) have what could i have done I just wanted to make a point to say that she's got a really bright future um, just based on like she was doing stuff during the match because because I was aware that of her age going into it. And I was sitting there thinking, like, I want to see how much she knows. And she already knows how to, like, shit talk the crowd as a heel. Like she engages the audience. She knows how to shit talk her opponent. Um, She's got a good look. I think she's going to be fantastic. And she's got so much time left to, to get even better. So, um, and Lainey Luck, my roommate, Chris is a huge fan of Lainey Luck as well. She's the one with the unicorn head, but she didn't have it on Friday, which was a bummer, which she made a video that she has apparently lost it or somebody stole it. But, uh, yeah. So let's get to the man of the hour. Craig Mitchell, a guy we've been talking about for a long time on this podcast, gets the main event here against somebody he's had a long-time feud with in Robert Anthony, and he had Frank the Clown on the outside, that fucking clown, of course. Um, how did this play on TV for you, I guess, on laptop? No, it looked great. Um, I I was super into this one, and it sounded like the crowd was insane for Craig. Yes. Yes. This crowd was extremely hot, and they were behind Craig, and I was just so fucking happy. Um. I'm a fan of Craig Mitchell. I think we both are at this point. And uh, this match was fucking amazing. It was intense. The finish had people pissed. And then they found out that since both shoulders were down, uh, they were both victorious. And because they were both victorious, the next show, we're going to get a triple threat match. And Craig's getting a title shot because it's going to be Craig Mitchell versus Kylie Ray, who's the champion, and Robert Anthony for the uh, freelance championship at and- the next show. Did they say that Craig's never had the freelance championship? Uh, that would make sense, I think. I think that's the story here. Oh, man. Are you going he to that one? He came back. Uh, it's April 10th. My plan is to go to that one. I don't want to miss that. I spoke to... Um, I apologize for not knowing the, the man's name who does the introductions and who basically MCs the freelance events. I spoke to him after the show because he was asking me you know, you know, if I had a good time. I was like, I always do when I come. And I said, uh, it's crazy, you know, the success you guys are having with all these sellouts and the fact that you were able to get Colt Cabana in here right after he was on TNT on Wednesday. And he was like, I didn't even know about that until he showed up (laughs) until tonight. Um, But then I also got the chance to speak with Craig and I told him, good match. I'm really happy for you and everything. And I said, hey, um, I hope you have shirts for sale 
next time I'm here because I'd like to get one of yours. And he said he might have some shirts available when he comes back next month. So I'm excited to give Craig and, uh, my support, my blessing, get a shirt and wear that out and about. And I'm really happy for Craig. You said you talked to Alex Zane as well. I did as I, as we were leaving. Uh, if you've been to Logan Square Auditorium before, the the venue is kind of upstairs. You have to go up a couple of different flights of stairs to get there. And when you come back down, a lot of the talent uh, hangs out near the staircase, and you can kind of get another chance to buy merch or say hi or get a picture or whatever. So I got to see Danhausen, Effie, um, Warhorse, Dan the Dad, and uh, Alex Zane was there. And I had said, you know, my friend Garrett. Uh, recommended I check out some of your stuff not that long ago, and I was really impressed with what I saw tonight. Um, I also got, like I said, I got to t- compliment Dan the Dad and tell him how over he was. He seemed genuinely like happy about it, and I'm happy for him. Um, and I meant what I said. I think he's going to be a big thing, and I am going to continue pushing for Orange Cassidy versus Dan the Dad because I think that will be a fantastic match if they can make it happen. Someone will make it happen. I mean, he's still wrestling on the Indies. I think at the very least we could get Joey Ryan to make that match happen over at Bar Wrestling. Well, I saw pictures just today um, that apparently they've done Danhausen versus Orange Cassidy. Nice. Or at least they've had some interaction where Danhausen has worn the glasses, the well, sunglasses. I, I was checking so. out over the weekend uh, another indie that's pretty close to you, Black Label Pro. I just wanted to see more Dan the Dad, so I hopped on IWTV and found some, and I saw uh, Dan the Dad and Alley Cat versus uh, Ethan Page and Danhausen, who were the tag champs. And I love that there was a spot in this where they were basically they got Ethan Page to swear, which caused Danhausen to scold him for swearing, which resulted in a roll up. <laughs> <laughs> He had to scold his own partner for, yeah, no swearing. And then Ethan Page was turning to apologize to him and got rolled up real quick. But the what best... was the other spot in this match you were telling me about with Dan the Dad? Oh my God. Danhausen's doing the Pee Wee spot, and then Dan the Dad grabs the microphone and makes him turn the music down because it's too loud. So did they continue playing it, but at a lower volume? No, they started his own music, was which was just the boring part to sail away. The stick song. <laughs> it never got to like the, the actual... boring part. You just can't, you can't be fucking objective. Maybe people like that part, Garrett. It is not the most exciting part of the song sail away. And you <laughs> goddamn know it. I don't know, man. I like the piano part. It's a long opening to have in the middle of a wrestling match. You impatient twat. <laughs> uh, um, so, no, Black Label Pro, I think they do a lot of their stuff over in Indiana. Yeah, and the other match on that same show that I watched was uh, Blake Christian and Alex Zane versus the Rascals in the main event, which is another, you know, just flippy as hell match. Does it blow your mind? Because, I, I mean, I guess when you were living in L.A. and you were going to PWG, you were seeing a lot of the same talent come through there for those shows, right? Yeah. Well, we go back to the whole Indie Avengers thing. You're seeing Danhausen and Alley Cat and Dan the Dead and Effie and JP Warhorse and Alex Zane. You're seeing these people wrestle these shows all over the Midwest and really all over the country. 
Like they're constantly getting work all over the place. Does it make you have an appreciation or have you thought about like how the travel has to be for that job? Oh my God. I don't, I mean like Alex Zane had just come back from Japan. I think he did a, a run over there. So yeah, these... and then you go work Nashville, and then you go do Chicago, and then you go do St. Louis, and then you go do Indiana, and then like that's fucking wild. Just seeing the varying sizes of rooms they're playing too. I would love to talk to one of them and just kind of like pick their brain about what it's like to be an indie wrestler doing the travel, and what that's like, and seeing familiar faces, and working with a lot of the same people at different venues, but you know. I guess it goes back to the thing we talked about before with Craig Mitchell, where in, in Nashville, Craig's a heel, right? I don't know whose fault that is, but yeah. But here in Chicago, <laughs> Craig's over as fuck. He's a baby face. I wonder if Craig is still a heel. I think it's been a while. I mean, honestly, I haven't been to a Southern Underground Pro show in a minute. So I, I don't know if Craig's been around for a bit. Is it going to be weird going to a Southern Underground Pro show at a different venue for you? It will, but I mean, it's a venue. It's going to Exit Inn, which is a place I've been to a bunch of concerts at. It's shaped a little different, so I'm excited to see how the ring fits into this room because I think it's going to be another tight fit. Well, what else did you watch besides Black Label Pro? I decided this weekend to really go a la carte with my wrestling and just take a little bit from a ton of different shows. Is there a reason for that? Like, uh, Do you want to get into the fact that you uh, recently left your employment? So you think that has something to do with the amount of t- free time I had? Yes, I do. I think that that's very relevant to the story. Yeah, uh, Garrett is an unemployed stay-at-home cat dad for a little bit. It a was stay-at-home cat dad. It was cat of dad. my own choosing. Well, I, I don't need a ton of information on that, but that's that explains why you were able to watch so much wrestling between Friday, which was your last day, and now. Yeah, it's don't worry. This isn't a sad leaving. Like I'm happy. This is this was for me. But yeah, I I also decided there's so much wrestling out there and trying to watch all these shows seems overwhelming. So I just started looking through a bunch of indies and a bunch of other wrestling and just kind of picking matches I wanted to see rather than trying to sit there and watch an entire show. Right. Well, what did you what did you uh, pull up? Well, I went ahead and checked out one of the more recent AAW shows on the High Spots Network since I got a month subscription to that for us to watch the uh, Cage of Death 19 pay-per-view. Did you want to see Mance Warner as champ? Yes, I did. So I checked out Mance Warner versus Sammy Callahan. And also, uh, what else? I The other one was Nick Gage versus Matthew Justice. Because I was just curious to see what their matches looked like in AAW you know, versus GCW. Right. What did you get out of that? They're they're doing GCW matches over at AAW now. <laughs> <laughs> when you book Mick Foley, you know what you're getting, and the same thing applies to Nick Gage. Uh, the same with Mance Warner. I mean, his match with Sammy Callahan was a title match in the middle of the card, but it was still Mance Warner was covered in blood by the end of it, and there were broken you know doors all over the place. Um. I saw that I think Nick Gage is working a freelance underground show coming up. So Nick Gage is getting a lot of stuff outside of GCW right now. Yeah. And is it, that weird for you? It is. Would you put him as an indie Avenger? Is he there yet? Nick Gage is like the Punisher. 
I don't think he's. I don't think he's. He's gonna or, or Deadpool, but I don't know if Nick Gage has the wit of a Deadpool. <laughs> I, think, I think. No, that's not a shot at Nick Gage. I just don't. I don't think he cares about one-liners. I think he just wants to kill you. Yeah, I think you nailed it more with the Punisher. Yeah, I could see no, Mance Warner get being allowed more of a into Deadpool. the Avengers. Yeah, why that's would fair. he should get a lot? She should be a lot. Who else would be in the Indie Avengers? Well, who's in it now? I mean, it's definitely like Alley Cat, Effie, Danhausen, J.P. Warhorse, Dan the Dad. I think Mance Warner goes into the Indie Avengers. Who is Mance Warner in the Indie Avengers? Hmm. Well, I think he would be more like a Deadpool. He seems that's, like he's got one-liners and he's always like that, getting beat up and covered in blood. That works. That works. I, I, I'm just so proud of everybody. <laughs> I think they're all doing fantastic right now, and it's cool that you can kind of pull up these uh, matches from all these different promotions, and uh, they bring their particular style wherever they go. Although, at the same time, like you've pointed out before, it's crazy being able to watch somebody who's such a good um, character, like Effie, work a fucking hardcore style with a Nick Gage like like Effie has. Like Effie and Nick Gage is not the same as Effie and and uh Mark Wheeler at all. It's called range, Garrett. <laughs> appreciate it. I appreciate the range. But uh yeah, what else did you check out? I checked out so Stardom, the uh Japanese female wrestling company uh, they did an empty arena show. I think it was just called empty or no. What was it called? No people gate. Is this the one where I was out Saturday night and having a good time with my girlfriend? And you're like, Hey, are you at home being a loser watching an empty arena show? You, you just took some hard shots at me right there, but yeah. <laughs> well, you think I should have oh, had you, something you, else to you do? Weren't at a, so- you weren't at a cat's midnight showing. Well, I was, but that's what I, that was my pre-show was watching this empty arena pay-per-view free so on YouTube. For... Okay. And I think it's worth checking out. <laughs> At the very least, you should check what, because also it is an empty arena there at Corican Hall. I have no idea what they're saying on commentary. I don't know the majority of these wrestlers, but I enjoyed the shit out of the show. Uh, Jushin Thunder Liger was on commentary. The main event. I can only assume was a lumberjack match based on all the people outside of the ring beating the shit out of whoever came out of it. But the, how do empty arena shows work as far as energy? That was the weirdest part is they were still doing some crazy spots. Like they went out to nobody to nobody. They went out into the arena. And do you remember in the best of the super juniors, like when Takahashi took that, uh, the stair spot, yeah, where he like rolled down the stairs after getting like knee in the face. Yeah, one of the ladies took a knee to the face and rolled all the way down the two hundred level, and then all the way down the hundred level backwards. Uh. But before that, she had climbed onto the um. So you know the staircase goes down. She climbed over it and had to like basically cross bodied across the gap and cross bodied just a whole mess of people. So they were still doing incredibly dangerous shit to a room of no one. So it was like watching, honestly, I guess more like an action movie 
Because there's just no one cheering. It's just silent while all this is happening. <laughs> They're actually fighting. That's what it, that's what it <laughs> felt like. Uh, but it is free on YouTube. And I think at the very least, hopping on and watching the main event is definitely going to be worth your time. I want to watch... I want to watch more stardom now. I didn't mean to take a shot at you. I was just being playful. I literally didn't take it that way. I took it a lot of offense to it. You took a lot of offense? A lot of offense. I probably wouldn't even have remembered or said anything if I hadn't gotten two alerts about it. <laughs> well, you didn't respond to the first one, so I had to send a second. All, all I felt was somebody poke me in the side with a stick and be like, hey, you're not doing anything right now, right? Hey, what are you... Like, that's true. I guess it was offensive for me the first time. <laughs> and I was like, um, I'll get to that in a little while. And then I got a text alert a minute later being like, hey, you guys should both check this out. So it's not just me. <laughs> and our friend Queen of the Ring was like, yeah, I'm at work, dude. <laughs> and I want <laughs> Garrett, I think, had that moment like, oh, I guess it's just me then. Yep. Just just watching me watching this, this by myself. It's an empty arena and you. It felt That's like funny. I was there. It was really I'm, just in the world, me watching, cheering along. You're a good man. Thank you for your support. So, <laughs> I also watched that Ruthless Aggression, the new uh, Brock Lesnar one. You said this one yeah. might be your favorite. I think this, this was episode four. Um, I thought it was extremely well made. I think all of them have been really well done. Um, again, I keep bringing this up. You missed the Ruthless Aggression era. What was your um, takeaway from watching this since you kind of missed those two years that Brock was here the first time? Well, I realized that we have definitely been sleeping on the Carl Malone hug. It is a much more devastating move than I would have ever guessed. And you get to watch oh. him give that to Hulk Hogan until he bleeds out of the mouth. Yeah. Yeah, we have been sleeping on that move. I guess you just have to be really fucking ripped to make that work. You have to be an MMA fighter. Or Carl Malone. <laughs> Either of those two in that move is devastating. You know what's funny, though? That happened to Hogan twice. And I wonder if Hogan, when he was getting choked out by Brock Lesnar years later, was like, last time this happened to me, it was Carl Malone putting this hold on me. Not, Not again, really dude. Not again. Not again. Not again, brother. <laughs> um, it's crazy, though. I mean, I think this is the thing that doesn't get brought up enough. Or maybe it does as a point of reference, but Brock used to wrestle. Brock used to be the shit. Like, there was a time period where I, I used to label uh, Brock Lesnar was WWE's version of Goldberg, but he could actually wrestle. Like, he was a fucking jacked monster who would just slaughter you and pushed his way into the main event scene really quickly. Um, but he could actually go. He doesn't do all the stuff he used to do. He doesn't do all the various kinds of suplexes and spots and top rope things that he used to be able to do. Um, it's, it is wild. And it's funny because the one thing I'm taking away from several of these ruthless aggression episodes, if you haven't seen them yet, go check them out. They're making me like with John Cena, it made me remember why I liked the doctor of thugonomics character. However, John Cena made it a point to be like, I didn't like the way the old undisputed title looked. Um, I wanted to change my gimmick. So I was more family friendly. And I thought the show as a whole needed to become more PG. All of which kind of pisses a lot of people off. The thing that with Brock is it's the same shit where 
you find out that he doesn't really give a fuck about WWE or pro wrestling and that it is just a paycheck for him. And that basically what happened was he got bored doing his time in OVW and demanded he get called up to the main roster or else he was leaving. But then he got there and he was, (laughs) he didn't like to travel. So he wanted out of that after two years. Tried to go into the NFL, didn't quite make that happen, and then went and did UFC and basically had the same experience in UFC that he did in his first year in WWE. I I wish there was a way I could sell you on the idea that Brock Lesnar used to be okay. I was sold on Brock Lesnar when they're just running through being like, he just got burnt out on work and one day came in and was like, do whatever you want to me, but I got to get the fuck out of here. You related to that super hard? Yeah, I was like, okay, I get this guy. I was this guy this week. And then they said, but then Brock Lesnar found the job that he really loved. Just getting to work out at home and then go in and fight in once a year. <laughs> and then I thought, well, maybe I should do UFC next. <laughs> maybe you should, Garrett. Maybe that's what you need. You get, to, you get to be at home on the treadmill and lifting weights, watching empty arena matches, and then once you know, or twice a year, go out and do some actual work. And then I'll just get the shit beat out of me, come home, work out again for another year. Do you think that, that your resume can get you that job? Um, I think it's missing a couple things that would make that... <laughs> you need to make a couple tweaks? I think, yeah, I think I can reword a couple things, though, and get there. Oh, shit. Um, so I don't know if you didn't even fucking remember this, but, uh, elimination chamber was a pay-per-view that happened. And that's what we're calling this segment because (laughs) nobody gave a shit about this show going into it. I guess the people who were in attendance cared because they bought tickets and they had a thing they had on their calendars to look forward to. But, uh, I saw a lot of mixed reviews to this pay-per-view. And you didn't even know about it or remember it until I said something to you. And then, which I flicked it on and uh, watched the main event and had a great time. And it seemed like you were trying to convince me otherwise. I'm I'm glad that you're just going to pretend like that crowd wasn't also not having a good time. The thing is, I didn't even notice the crowd. I was just having a good time watching it. I was. I How guess- many times are we going to have this conversation with you in the crowd? This is not the first time I've had to say to you, you have to listen to the crowd to see if they're getting it or not. And you're like, well, I'm not listening to that. What? Do you remember that? I can't even remember what match that was for that we had this issue before, too. No, I don't remember. But it was a, it was a topic of conversation. I think the thing with the main event where Shayna Baszler won the Elimination Chamber, if you didn't hear, um, that's the way it's been booked for weeks. Like, what was the point of the other five people in that fucking match if they basically told us, you know, a month ago, hey, Shayna Baszler's going to face Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Oh, she's got to win this match to do it, but, yeah. Well, maybe this says something. They say they do a lot of things for the casual fan. I did not even know that that was going to be a match, Shayna versus Becky. So maybe I'm the casual fan that all these matches were for. I literally said to you, the reason that this works for you and that you like it is because you haven't been watching. And it worked and played great when she smashed Liv Morgan into that thing. I thought she was dead. I think 
I think their attempt, what they were going for is they were trying to do with her essentially what they did at the Royal Rumble with Brock Lesnar, which was just that every time somebody came out, they fucking ate it immediately. And then he just had to wait for his next opponent. It didn't play out well on TV at all. There was so much dead time. And I think in their mind, when, when they planned this out, they were thinking the crowd would be really fucking into it. And they would be salivating and cheering at the idea of the next person for Shayna Baszler to take out. But the crowd was fucking pissed. First of all, it was Philly. That was a Philly crowd. That's an ECW hardcore crowd that's really smartened up to fucking pro wrestling. And they just were not having it. And I don't think it did Shayna any favors. It may have looked awesome to you <laughs> when you don't watch Raw and SmackDown for months and you just show up for the pay-per-views. I, and honestly, I do think to a certain extent, you're right. I feel like that's what they're building their model around. And I got to listen to a, um, a thing with Meltzer and Brian Al- Alvarez the other day, and they said something that I've been um, really taking to heart in the last few days, which is that the difference between WWE and like AEW is that AEW rewards you for watching. Like if you watch week after week, there's things that you get to pick up on and notes that you get to take that do pay off in a moment or in a match down the road. Whereas with like WWE, you don't have to watch shit because they don't care. Like that there is no attention to detail that pays off later on. Show up and watch the pay-per-views, either enjoy them or don't, and then wait for the next pay-per-view. Well, I think me watching that single match then fit in with what I did this weekend, which was just kind of, like I said, I all carded a bunch of matches from a bunch of different shows. Sure. And I think just all carding this main event, it worked for me. It did work for you. I don't know if it's working for them. I think there's a lot of people down on this upcoming mania because that's their next pay-per-view. WrestleMania is a month away. I, I think I got to cancel my mania trip. You going to tell Joey Janela about this? Yeah, we didn't talk about that on the last show. I, I think I lied to Joey Janela, guys. Well, tell the story about what happened post-AEW Revolution. So after Revolution, uh, we were trying to get an Uber. We were having trouble, so we walked into the hotel across the street. And as we were waiting in the hotel, we saw pretty much every single wrestler go into their room. And, you know, they were getting mobbed by people. We, we didn't mob them. We only talked to two people. Rick Knox. And Joey Janela, who were not we, you mean you, I, I was including you in it. Well, I appreciate it, but it was, it was mostly you, but I said to Janela, I can't wait for Tampa, which was a true statement, but I think I didn't know if I was fully going and convinced myself I was, but I think I don't want to get the coronavirus, Derek. Oh, is that the excuse you're using to not feel bad about it? Yeah, that's what I'm going to use. Is that okay? <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I just know that before the coronavirus was a really big issue down there, you were already talking about possibly not going. But now you have a built-in reason to be like, yeah, I'm definitely not going now. See, you get it. I get it. What if they cancel Mania? Is that a what possibility? It's been discussed. I don't see Vince doing it because that would cost a lot of money. But, I mean, shit. There's a South by Southwest got canceled. Music festival? Hello? Oh, you know, I remember it. I'm prob- there was probably going to be some wrestling at it. Oh, well, uh, the coronavirus thing is, is causing a lot of events to get canceled. So we'll see what happens with Mania. But uh, 
think the saddest part of canceling South by Southwest is we're not getting the David Arquette documentary that was going to debut there about being a pro wrestler. The saddest part about you not going to Florida for Mania Weekend is uh, no more Effie's Big Gay Brunch for you. That is truly one of the saddest things. And I'm still, I'm still on the fence. I still have the plane ticket, but I just don't see myself wanting to do it anymore. Maybe Effie can reach out to you and convince you otherwise. Well, I did see Riot. Would that make you happy? Yeah, if Effie reached out and told me personally that I had to go to Tampa, I'd probably do it. All right, I well, can't, I'm going to see if I can make that happen. I can't, you know, I can't disappoint Daddy. <laughs> Are you looking forward to Mania at all, or do you not give a shit? Like, be honest. No, I'm looking forward. Mania itself, no, I'm not really, I don't care that much. But I was really looking forward to TakeOver, and I was really looking forward to The Collective, just all the GCW shows going on that weekend. Wow. Uh, like, especially Spring Break. Just very excited to see who Osprey goes up against um, was very excited for orange Cassidy versus Suzuki. And I was actually excited to check out blood sport because I've watched all their pay-per-views of the blood sport did not really enjoy them and wanted to go see if it played better in the room. <laughs> but now coronavirus is an issue. I don't want to go down there and get all sick. You'll probably be fine, right? Uh, probably. Yeah. Well, I'll flip a coin. Or you'll get contacted by Effie and told that you need to be there. Yeah, I can't miss that brunch. I love mimosas. Um, I feel like there was something else we needed to talk about, but now I can't for the life of me remember what it is. Hmm, I'm trying to think. Oh, oh yeah. I do have a quick story. So, I don't know how much this will end. Actually, I have two quick stories. Number one, I got texted by uh, a listener and a friend of ours, Mr. Brad, Bradley. You know who I'm talking about. And uh, he said he was completely devastated to hear that our episode that we were going to do with Christopher, my roommate, about Carl Malone and DDP taking on Hogan and uh, Dennis Rodman. He was so upset when he heard that that didn't happen and that it got nixed. Um, and I assured him that at some point we would make sure that still happens. But uh, we, I got a text saying that he was distraught. That that's something he wanted to hear. The people want more of my roommate, Christopher. I was very sad when that episode didn't work out because I was really, one, enjoying the match, and two, enjoying my time with your roommate. The faux bros. The, fo the faux bros. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, the other thing is, I got a message from my friend uh, Matt the other day, um, and Matt told me, um, he's, a, he's a fellow White Sox fan, and he told me he is a lifelong WWE fan. That's what he watches, that's what he's always going to watch to a certain extent, um, but he asked me to talk him into giving AEW a chance. He said, sell me on it. And so I sent him some messages kind of telling him the differences between WWE and basically saying, I've been in the same spot, man. I told him, I, you know, I'm a lifelong you know, WWE loyalist. And even I have been drifting further and further away. It's harder and harder to watch. 
And I just said, you need to give AEW some time. I don't know if necessarily tuning in for one or two weeks is going to do it for you, but you need to commit for an extended period of time. And like I said earlier, I think there's a payoff when you watch AEW. I think they still have things to work on. I think that the women's division is still a work in progress. But um, I basically sold him on the idea of giving it a chance. And he said he's going to, starting this week, for the next six weeks, he's going to give it a trial run to see if he can get into it. I think six weeks is a good amount of time. And that's really what it takes for me to watch any TV show and enjoy it. I think the thing that I'm hoping that they produce a good product in those six weeks. I did tell him that there was essentially a war games match coming up, which we do need to talk about before we leave. Um, Cause you were hinting at it earlier. Um, but we did just come off of a couple of really good feuds and I sent him the Cody Rhodes promo that he cut on Jericho as a, as a little sampler. And then I said, you know, we just came out of that awesome thing with MJF and Cody and we also just did this amazing story between the Young Bucks and Hangman and, and Kenny Omega. So those would have been really, really good um, examples of good storytelling that pay off with good matches. And I told him, like, the matches in AEW are, are great, too. But I think that the consistent storyline telling and uh, the, I don't know, AEW does things better, in my opinion. And I, that's from somebody who's been loyal to WWE for a long time. So I'm excited that I was able to convince somebody to at least give it a chance who has been skeptical and who really hasn't seen much of anything at all. It does worry me that he's giving it six weeks. And I don't know if there'll be a pay-per-view in that time because there's so much time between pay-per-views. Well, at least they're treating, it seems like they're kind of treating war games like a pay-per-view. A little bit. So let's talk about that. So here in a couple weeks on Dynamite, it's called Blood and Guts, is correct? Yes. They're doing the Elite versus the Inner Circle. We were sitting there predicting that it was going to be the Inner Circle against Moxley and a band of hoodlums. That's not what we got. (laughs) Which I'm still a little sad about. I know, right? I mean, it makes sense, the five-on-five, other than, I guess, Hangman isn't part of it now, but he is. Yeah. um, I mean, those are the two biggest factions. Even though you haven't seen a ton of the faction aspect of the Elite since AEW has started up, most people typically know it exists on paper, at least. Um, Including Death Triangle. Including that's the other thing that what a what a fantastic new faction we have. I am so excited about Pac and uh, the Lucha Bros. The Lucha Brothers, yeah, yeah. We have a War Games match coming up. I'm excited to be for it. in front of everybody. But uh, that being said, like I would have been a little more excited for John Moxley's band of hoodlums, as you called them, which I think is now his new faction. That's that's what it's called, John Moxley and the Band of Hoodlums. Yes, because that just makes sense. That's who he's got. <laughs> um, is this blood and guts cage match going to be the moment we've been waiting for with a Hangman? Well, it sounds like he's already left. So if anything, if he joins them in this match, you it's going to really be a favor. You really took that two seconds so seriously. Well, they always end on a cliffhanger, and it just seems like I'm. I take it seriously. He wants out. He said it. We're finally there. Well, he's still tag team champs with Kenny. That's fine. He doesn't have to be in the elite. He just, he's on the outskirts of the elite now with a tag champ. Fair enough. He's still and in a drink in hand. And yes. 
still the coolest I hung up guy. My hangman, I hung up my hangman poster in my room the other day. Nice. And I framed my uh, AEW Revolution poster with my ticket and hung it on the wall, and it looks pretty. That's exciting. That was a great poster. It was. I bet you that looks really good under a black light. What did you do to it? I didn't do anything. Okay. I don't want that black light revealing other issues in my rooms. You know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. Hey, you know what else I checked out that I didn't mention? What? NXT UK. Are you getting back in NXT UK again? Well, I realized I just missed Walter, so I threw it on just to catch a Walter match. It was him versus, uh, was it Dan Mastiff? I think was his name. It was it was one of the big hairy guys. It was a big man match. But then I also went back to a couple old episodes and watched a Tony Storm I Quit match where she is no longer allowed to fight Kaylee Ray for the heavy or the women's championship because she lost in this I Quit match that was pretty brutal. And then I haven't I, watched NXT UK in so long. How's it going? Like is is like it's still a wild atmosphere over there? The crowd didn't seem as wild as it used to, but wrestling wise, it still felt like I was watching progress. And I realized, remember how hot I was on progress for just like a year? I think even a year is pushing it. It wasn't that long? No, it felt like six months. Man, I was loving that so much and then it just got taken away so fast. I'm so sorry, Garrett. But I don't know. I missed a lot of those wrestlers. And I think that's what I'm starting to realize is there's so many wrestlers across the board I want to be watching that I'm going to start trying to do this a la carte more often. There's a lot of content, Garrett. You're going to have to do the a la carte method because there's too many shows for you to sit down and watch three hours here, four hours there. And hopefully, you know, they'll wrestle some of the new people that I don't know as well so that they can get introduced to me that way. And it's only a matter of time before Will Ospreay gets signed somewhere big. Somewhere big? You mean somewhere yeah. that doesn't have coronavirus that he can wrestle? Correct. Mm. Well, that rules out WWE. <laughs> Derek, I think it's time to get out of here. Let's get out of here. I do want to say that, as usual, even though uh, I'm not less excited about Mania this year, it's still, I, I always take the day off after WrestleMania. It's still a party. I'll have fun. Just kind of a whatever feeling going into it. Not like last year where it was really exciting. But uh, yes, um, Garrett, take us out of here. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hop on the social media. Give us a follow. We're at Wrestle Hangout on Twitter and Facebook. We're at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram. I am at Gartet on social media. Derek is at Halloween Halpin. Hop on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Emails. Predeterminedpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Be nice. We'll be back next week as usual. And we still need to release that Cage of Death episode. We do. We may do that next week. We may not. Or I could just release it. And I mm, Do we wait or do I just release that on a weekend? I don't know. If you would be honest to me about what the listenership has been, we could decide if we want to put more content out there. I think that we've uh, flooded them a little bit the last couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's what my mind was uh, considering. So we'll 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 hold off on a, a little bit longer on this one, but that'll be out soon. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hit our goddamn music. <laughs> <laughs>